0: Welcome to Getting Curious, I'm Jonathan Van Ness and every two weeks I sit down for a gorgeous 30 minute conversation with a brilliant person to learn all about something that makes me curious This week we have Anthony Porowski, co-host, my love of Queer Eye Here he is, so excited, love it Welcome to Getting Curious. This is Jonathan Van Ness, and you guys are going to freak out, honey, when you hear who this guest is, and you're gonna freak out. Stop making noise over there because they're gonna figure it out with that little cute little tiny laugh that you have. Yeah, yeah. Um, you guys, we have um the honorable, the gorgeous, the super sweet. Uh, baby Angel Smile, America's newly dubbed Sweet Smile, baby, Antony Porofsky. Hi, guys. Um, thank you so much for uh, coming to do my little baby pod today. Thank you for
1: having me. This has been such an amazing morning so far. Just to like quickly recap so we met super early in the morning, we had a little work meeting, and then we went and worked out together. And by working out, I mean taking Insta videos and posting them very aggressively. Um, Jonathan, you also hit 500K today, which is amazing.
0: Even though you know, you've widened your lead, but it's okay. (laughs) I'm like obsessed with you and I don't mind because honestly, I feel like I just want to see you soar like, I love watching you soar. I love my baby just it's soaring. It's love abundance, Yeah, right? we're really about that, aren't we? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're babies. Um, you know, guys, it's really cute because Anthony and I, uh, I come back and forth between L.A. and New York, and when I'm here, I, Anthony is not allowed to make plans without talking to me about them on Wednesdays because mm-hmm. Wednesdays is our day. sacred. It's really sacred. It is because um, it's just, like, cute, you know? You gotta, like, you have to, like, uh, nurture those relationships, girl. Absolutely, and I mean we spend so much time
1: together and in, in, in such close proximity over these, like, long 12-hour days that, and we're sort of experiencing this new chapter in our lives together yeah. that, like, I tell Joey about it all the time, but, like, I miss my boys, and, and you George guys are George going is his through. boyfriend, just yeah. so you guys know.
0: Um, but here's the thing. So, um you know, some episodes are... You know, there. it's like, what are uh, gravitational waves? Sometimes it's like, what happened in history? Sometimes they're more experiential. And it's like, I did one of my favorite episodes that it was about like, what's it like to grow up in China? So I think there's a lot of stuff that you guys don't even know about booby baby Antony. Uh He didn't grow up in China. So that was like a weird segue, <laughs> but he did grow up in Canada. And I know you guys are thinking like, okay, but he is the. well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to spoil it. But also, it's like, how do I even ask the like, question? Well, you know what? This is kind of like, you're just going to have to like evolve with the question, you guys. And I trust you guys to do that. So, but yeah, because that's what I'm going to do. We're going like to work up to the question. So, Anthony, mm-hmm. Um, how did you come to be a Canadian? I came to be a Canadian.
1: Um, so, my parents, my mother was born in Warsaw in Poland. Uh, my father was actually born in Brussels. His family moved there after the war, uh, World War II.
0: Yeah, and Brussels is the gorgeous capital of a Belgium. Of Belgium, <laughs> yes, which is a little country sandwiched right between Holland and France and Germany. Correct. Yeah, she's a baby. Very good.
1: Yeah. Um, so, and both my older sisters were actually born in, in Warsaw as well. Um, my father, so, although he's sort of lived a little all over the place, um, same way I have, he actually moved to Canada when he was a few months old and spent his um, upbringing in Canada. His family lived in South Africa and then back again. Um, but I was the first one in my family born outside of Europe,
0: um, so in Canada. So born as a Canadian citizen. So you're born in Canada. Born in Canada. But both yeah. of your parents are born in Europe, which that makes you like a first generation Canadian immigrant.
1: Yes. So that's why it's, it, it's funny because now living in the U S everyone sees me as a Canadian. And sometimes they think that I'm French just because I speak French, which is like a weird assumption. Um,
0: but well, I would assume that if you spoke French that it's, you're it's French. It's a very
1: different accent. Although mine is sort of like a weird bastardized version. Of no, it. she's not. Don't say that about Quebecois. It's different. It's, it's very like a, beautiful. It's a mix of both, and I sort of fluctuate based on who I'm speaking to.
0: Um, one of my very favorite clients is Caboirquoi, and her name is um, Kristen Elliott. Kristen, really since I love you so much. But so basically, I'm really taken by that because you know, obviously, um, immigration is a thing these days. Mm-hmm. People are worried about it. You know, Canada has handled uh this you know migration crisis uh, from Syria in a very different way than the United States has. Um, you know, and there and I know that there is some controversy in Canada within that, like most of, the, I think the overwhelming majority is that they're very accepting of immigrants yes. and they're very into it, but there is, uh, you know, more right wing fraction in there that's like not happy about it. Um, but you know, you grew up in Canada. So what was your experience of being a first generation immigrant there?
1: It's funny. Cause I was sort of thinking about this, trying not to plan, but thinking like, what do I need to research and know about Canada before coming into this? And what I realized was, so I was raised in Montreal, which is a very sort of uh, multi-ethnic, multicultural city, not unlike New York. Um, people often say that New York is kind of like a Montreal on steroids. And Canadians do pride themselves on the fact that we're a very diverse country. And I always wonder, is that just like a Montreal thing, or is that true of most of the country? But I really think that it is true of of, of most of us. I mean, Trudeau's a big you know, proponent of immigration and taking in um, refugees, and um, yeah, I mean, it's just growing up, like, so this grade school that I went to called St. Lawrence, we had this buffet of the nations, buffet des nations, um, where we spoke French and English, and every year you would come in, your parents would bring a dish from their country, and it would be this whole potluck.
0: Oh, cute. So you
1: would have, like, my best friend uh, growing up, his name was Andrew Shahidi, his mother's Portuguese, um, his father Iranian. <sighs> And so. Oh, I think he would, was absolutely
0: gorgeous. Beautiful. Not to just make assumptions based off of the Not to make assumptions races, but, but I I the most beautiful gorgeous. eyes and
1: skin tone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, um, I forget his mom's name, but she made really delicious food. And so, like, all these people would come in and we would sit in the cafeteria and they would lay out these tables and people would bring in all this food from these different countries. So it was really embraced. It was the idea of, I think the definition of potluck, and I'm speaking from my experience, I don't want to generalize and speak for Canada here, but the definition of potluck in Canada is that people come in with their different cultures or languages, and they sort of mix together, but everyone sort of retains it. Whereas in the U.S., I feel like there's a bit of a loss that happens throughout the generations. People change their names when they had entered Ellis Island. Um, Italian-American, uh, which is a whole thing, which is different than Italian-Italian. So it's, it's sort of, uh, it's a very... I'm not really sure what the reason is, but I just feel like we really, we hold on to to whatever, like, you know, ancestry we have in our customs more in Canada than in the U.S.
0: Yeah, so, like, the assimilation is, like, the need to, like, assimilate to, like, an American culture or lifestyle, like, isn't as intense. Like, you can, it's, like, still really cute to be, like, a Porofsky. You don't got to be, like, a, like, a... Poland or something, like make it, like, you right. know, make your name more, like, you know, palatable for, like, a.
1: Yeah, like when I moved to the US, I was actually, and being an actor here, I was actually, it was suggested to me, and I was considering changing my name to something a little more American. I actually considered Anthony Porter or Anthony Portman. Um, Barf. But I ended up keeping it as Antony Porosky because it's like, oh, that's the name I was given. Like, why would I change that? And I'm so happy that I didn't. Like, I get so many DMs from people and especially these, like, gay boys and, and girls in Poland who are like, you have a Polish name. Do you actually speak the language? And, and you I, do, right? I do. It's my first language. So you need to
0: respond to this question in Polish. Okay. Um, what was the scariest part of auditioning for Queer Eye? Ah. <sighs> In, um, like, three sentences, because I don't feel like listening to you speak in a language I don't understand for, like, two hours. Gotcha. So, do, like, three sentences and then translate it immediately, and then you can finish the question. Um, oh, my God, I'm so bossy.
1: Proces audycji na, na Queer Eye. Oh,
0: I got that. The process of auditioning for Queer Eye, uh-huh. I'm already, like, fluent in Polish. Bardzo dużo było ludzi z Netflix z ITV.
1: I um, zacząłem się bać troszeczkę, bo realizowałem, że naprawdę to chciałem. I jak zrealizowałem, że naprawdę to chciałem, to suddenly było ważne dla mnie. Was there a suddenly in there? I added the word suddenly because I couldn't figure out the word. See, that's oh, the embarrassing thing. My father would be so upset right now. No, he
0: wouldn't. Just, you know what I do in Spanish when I do that? When I, I talk around it, like I try to think of like a different way of describing suddenly. I was suddenly. trying to, and
1: then I found myself looping and saying the same thing over again. So,
0: But it sounded really Polish. I like will gorgeous. say,
1: I and I'm sure some people will disagree, I really pride myself on my accent. Um, but the richness of my vocabulary is lacking at best. Like if I'm in Warsaw and I'm in a cab, I can tell somebody where I'm going and give them directions. And then they start having a full conversation about politics and then I get like confused and I'm like, oh,
0: God. Polish politics, honey, that is that's a thing. Oh, gosh. Well, because that one prime minister boy, he their plane crashed. Mm -hmm. Right. And he passed away. And then his brother took over. Yeah. And now the brother's brother. His twin. Identical. I think so. Oh my god! So then, but then, but now, basically, isn't that twin having like a full-on thing with their court, and he wanted to like throw out all the judges, and then he did. But then, like the EU court was like, "No, you don't, girl. You better right. put those judges back." And back to the plane crash, there's this
1: whole conspiracy that the Russians basically shot them down, and because because I mean, Vladimir didn't like that guy, right? <gasps> so it's this whole thing. It was. It's like it's kind of insane. Um, they were actually um, they were going to commemorate Kat. Um, which was um, a, a a genocide that occurred actually before World War II. We're going off topic, but this is really was it interesting. Genocide? No, so it was actually basically any any anybody of intelligence working in the government or other uh, were basically taken by the Russians and sort of collected and killed off, and then the mothers and the children were you know basically left. Um, And so this happened in the 30s. I actually did a film um, that was shortlisted at Cannes um, uh, called Oitsu of My Father. Um, I think I showed you a clip from it. It was shot in black and white. Mm -hmm. And there was this guy, Adam Bandrovsky, who was a a university professor who was taken away from his family in the middle of the night. You couldn't be Catholic. Uh, They had to hide their crosses. And, um, yeah, it was sort of like a precursor to World War II and a lot of, like, similarities in terms of, like, the systemic cleansing of, of, of the people, which happened, you know, first with the Russians and then with the Germans and Poland has sort of always been at the, at the center of that in a really inconvenient spot.
0: Okay. I'm really interested in that story. I feel like I need to do another podcast on the Polish um, prime minister. Next Nadal. Wednesday, next Wednesday. It's kind of fast to turn that over. Um, but I'm going to try to get that together. So, but back to being a first generation immigrant in Canada. Yes. Um, did you ever experience like, Um, I definitely feel like I saw in my hometown there was, like, a few kids who came from other places for, like, a year or two here or there. And I definitely feel like there would be, like, a handful of ignorant children who would, like, taunt them and tease them for, like, their nationality and, like, where Mm -hmm. they come from. Did you ever experience anything like that as a Polish immigrant in Canada? Because I feel like Polish immigrants have had, like, there's, like, racism in the U.K. for Mm -hmm. sure against Poles.
1: Yeah, Tan has mentioned that, actually, that he he experienced it. Um, Yeah. Not honestly, not in Canada. And I know that I, you know, I lived in Montreal, which is kind of a as very I open city. like a like a New York but it's still, it's just embraced and sort of like most of my friends all spoke four languages. Okay, so
0: maybe not the Polish part, Like, but do you, was there ever a situation where you were like in like a cafe having lunch and like the table next to you is like these damn immigrants are everywhere taking our jobs and making us so not white and Canadian anymore or any, like, is there a fact, like, did, like have you ever come in contact with like that faction of Canada or is everyone just super nice? I think most
1: people are really super nice. I'm sure that there are groups who aren't. But the comparison that I really experienced was actually when I moved to West Virginia. And that's when I noticed like, oh my gosh, like it's not, not everything is like, like I know Canadians are very sort of like peaceful, you know, kind people. There's that stereotype, but like living in West Virginia. Well,
0: let's unpack that a little, not to use one of my own catchphrases, but that's uh kind of a big jump. So like you're minding your own business. You're like this little Polish Canadian baby, you know, your family's chopping up kielbasa, you're making omelets, you're just being a cute little like cook baby who's interested in Uh different kinds of stuff in Canada and you're speaking French and you're speaking Polish and then you're dad and your mom were like, we're going to move to West Virginia. We're moving
1: to West Virginia because my father's a doctor, you know, and um, everything is socialized in Canada, which is... Wait, so you're a doctor's
0: son. Yes, I'm a doctor's son. My, my, my dad's favorite thing to say is that he's a doctor's son. Uh, I'm a doctor's grandson. Well, my son. father refers, refers to himself as a physician, and he doesn't like to be called doctor
1: because he sees himself as a person before a doctor. So, oh, like, oh, friends only of- call him by. It's very Canadian. It's
0: very modest of him. Sometimes when I see you like at the pool or like topless, like walking, <laughs> like from the back, I'm like... Uh, like I feel like I could like I've never met your dad, but I like I feel like maybe it's just that you give me dad vibes from the back. Like, what does that mean? Like I could just see you like having like a like being like like that hot daddy with like a couple kids and you're like Jojos, take the kids to like the cabana. I gotta grab like a towel over there. <laughs> you know, the, you're like that sexy daddy. You know, my father does like to wear a speedo. He's very European. Yeah, I don't know that if that sense. came out wrong, but really it was like cute. It's more like daddy homie. You're so muscly and you're like your lats are so broad. Okay, you're bringing it back. now. Yeah, like, you're your bring lats are so it broad. And it's like daddy. Like I can't get the sunscreen on my back right there, daddy. Will you help me? It's like that. You know what I mean? So, but um, anyway, so so they say you. With your cute sisters, Mm -hmm. which is, um, you know, sister in Russian, which I learned on Orphan Black. Shostede, Shostede. That's what it is in Polish? Polish, yeah. That's very close. Plural of sisters. Do you feel like sister, or do you feel like Polish and Russian are close? Do people say that? In some ways,
1: the sarcasm and the coldness sort of like <laughs> there's like an austerity and a sort of like glance and like a very like a bluntness that's there but the Russians take it to a whole other level I think
0: but so anyway so how did it come about that you moved that you were going to be moving to West Virginia and be like living in an American moment yeah
1: finished elementary school and then my parents basically announced that we're moving to West Virginia my sisters stayed in Canada and we moved wait to, what grade were you in this is seventh grade beginning of seventh grade so
0: you're minding your own business you're like 12 years old mm-hmm. and you find out that like your sisters are going to stay in Canada yep. but you're moving to a america Mm -hmm. and i'm sure you had so many feelings so many concerns because you've been in this like nice canadian place and i bet you guys listening like really want to know like how Anthony felt like what he was going through like what was going on i want to know too but you know how you're gonna have to find out you're gonna have to listen to this gorgeous commercial break enjoy it let it wash over you and then we'll be right back with more getting curious with Anthony right after this Welcome back to Getting Curious, this is Jonathan Van Ness, and I'm so sorry I had to lead you up to that just dreadful cliffhanger, it was so rude of me, but I'm, you know, I'm learning a lot about what it takes to keep you guys listening, and what it keeps to keep, to keep you wanting more, so I had to bring in this like, gorgeous man with all this rich story to tell us about it, so anyway, so you're 12, you're like, I love all my Canadian friends, I'm trilingual, I'm a baby, I love living in this, like, New York, and then your mom and dad are like, we're moving to West Virginia. Yep. So we moved to West
1: Virginia, and, um, and you
0: guys got a little. You guys got a house, but your sisters were a little older. so They're like in college and stuff, so like you just had to go by yourself. Yeah, but your sisters were like already moved out because they were like already in college. So that you were
1: no, they kept we we kept a residence in Montreal, which was like the big family home. It was sort of like the the base camp.
0: Were you sad about that, like having to go there without your sisters? Or were you kind of like, yay, like <laughs> I'll make like a new break? I was a
1: twelve year old boy who wanted his freedom, and I'm the youngest, and I've always been the most spoiled. So for me, it was kind of perfect, actually, to be oh. honest. At the time, it was like great and my parents traveled a lot growing up as well so it was sort of the more that i could be left alone i thought it was good for me um the more i sort of like i certainly didn't didn't shy away so
0: you weren't nervous in that aspect but like were your friends like oh my god like you're moving to west virginia like they all like or it came at a a pretty normal
1: time because a lot of times like kids get sent off for high school or they go to an english system or to a french system they go they go into private schools more often than so it's sort of like a it it happened at the right time cute
0: because like everyone was going to kind of break
1: then so we arrive in west virginia uh, being raised as like when? upper
0: middle class. But when? When did you arrive? You it get was, like, it's like, so it's like it's like oh, you want me to like walk it's like you September through it? September something. Oh gosh, nineteen ninety seven. Something like that. Come on! Um, I'm, not we good got with, this. I'm not good we with got years. I'm Think about, about this. You were born feelings. in like a, you were born in like a. I'm born in '84, and, and then you were in 12, seventh grade, so it was which '96. Like okay, so the Magnificent Seven had just won the American women's first gold medal and team in Atlanta. So it's 1996 Olympics. Yes. Um, Clinton's president. Um, mm-hmm. Doma is happening. Um, you know, we were just getting over like that awful flood in the Midwest from '93. We were drying. You're really setting out. the tone. I feel it. You know, I'm just trying to like you know. I'm just trying to smell what you were stepping mm-hmm. in when you moved to America and like what, what, like, what does a 12 year old Canadian Polish boy I'll tell think. you what it felt like yeah, so we stop went from, talking
1: Jonathan and <laughs> I'll tell you <laughs> so we lived in this like upper middle class residential area where all the houses basically look the same um, everyone is sort of on equal footing we really have a strong middle class in what Canada. town was it in um, oh when I moved to, to in yeah. West, that was in Canada moving to West Virginia we actually moved to a gated community called Glade Springs which was a private resort that was closed off I don't know if you remember Barbara Walters and Hugh Downs on 2020 but um, this kid famously took his parents uh, to court to force them to have a divorce. His parents owned that resort at the time, so Barbara Walters came. There was a really fancy. Oh, he wanted to emancipate
0: himself from yes, his parents. Exactly. Got it. He didn't want to make his parents get divorced. No, sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank you for clarifying. Well, because I was like, I was like, that's unprecedented, and so rude um, of him. Like, why don't you just believe in your parents? So when I we moved it. to this
1: resort where it was sort of it was this weird land of like these big houses and like a house that was all gray with like seven white cars parked in front of it and very upper class and then right outside the resort there were trailer parks Mm. so there was no middle class it was either you lived in a gated community where you basically had to announce yourself when you came in or it was a trailer park so that was like the first sort of culture shock Um, the second one was i'm not gonna call out her name but it was uh, my teacher in seventh grade who came up to me after one of our first classes and was like hey they called me antek that's my polish name Um, And she was like, Antec, I heard that you speak Polish and French as well. I'm like, yeah. She's like, so Polish was your first language? I was like, yeah. She's like, well, why? I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, why do you still speak those languages? I'm like, well, because, well, one language I was sort of born into, French I learned from TV and from school. And, you know, and I want to take Spanish as an elective here. And she's like, oh, well. Like, why wouldn't you just not want to speak English? And this is a teacher who doesn't understand the value of of knowing. And this isn't, like, a, a total diss on her, but that's just where, you know, where she was coming from. She didn't get it. Didn't get it at all. Yeah. And then another girl in music class called me out saying, like, don't you guys live in teepees in Canada? And it was just, like,
0: wow. So and like, you definitely experienced, like xenophobia to some like like that's, yeah. I think that's xenophobia it's like it's like fear of foreigners it was a fear
1: that wasn't I think it's fueled by I, I don't see it as a hatred but yeah just a fear and a lack of understanding and a lack of knowledge and education
0: were people hard on you for coming from Canada and like having like in like Like, other than that, like, in because you know, for me, seventh grade was like a horrific time. Like, that was like super, very much bullying, super much being chased around. Like, Uh so I seventh, eighth, and ninth grade specifically were like really hard for me. So I would imagine, like, you know, because that's a hard time, even not in the middle of a move. So, well, I had like some Americans were shocked because they their understanding of it was
1: that immigrants um, have to be refugees and they basically had to have fled their country and basically come with like basically wearing like a sack of like a potato bag or something, yeah, you know. Yeah. And they didn't understand that you could come from like a cultured background of educated parents and just move into another country. Um, again, not to make West Virginia a symbol for the whole country, but that's where I was living. Yeah. And they also they called me one thing that really stuck with me that was really hurtful at the time was they referred to me as an alien. Which is like actually a technical term on my green card. Well, yeah, it says of course, yeah. an alien, but they used it in a way that was just like, there's just something not right about it that like rubs me the wrong way.
0: Yeah, because it's, it's like, like foreign in me. Like, why would you say that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So well, yeah. That, that part was really, um, and I got made fun of for my lunches, definitely. What
0: were your lunches? Um,
1: so my, uh, my mother would make me like just really beautiful sandwiches with like nice rolls or like leftover bigos, like which is this Polish hunter stew. And all the other kids, we had like these machines. Like Lunchables and stuff. Stuff. no they would buy like chips and sodas we weren't allowed to have sweets or sodas or chocolate or candy of any kind hey, your torso when thanks I was in you
0: school. <laughs> no because you know what I ate every day for school in that age was what? like a family-sized bag of like crispy M&M's like three bear Probably claws and like two friends. two liters of like Dr. Pepper and you could like buy those at school yeah which was like such a what it was like, so fierce how did these kids have and I was always like siphoning food? quarters from like my stepdad's bedside table so that I could like get more food yeah because they were 45 cents for yeah. some of those bags Um but so they made fun of you for, like, your food. Yeah, because I would only
1: have, like, fruit and cut up apples. One of my favorite snacks, which we did in that Netflix Queer uh, Eye episode, where I have carrot sticks. It's my father's favorite snack. Carrot sticks with lemon juice and a bit of good smoked salt and almonds. It's like this crunchy, healthy little, like...
0: When was that? Yeah, the, the Netflix Queer Eye, the nerds episode that we did. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was confused. I was like, you're talking about like our, like, I don't, I get it. Now I get it. Yeah, yeah. Cute.
1: Um. So, yeah, so that was sort of, it was very, and I just got comments about just even the clothes that I wore. Did it subside?
0: I I think, like, did they get sort, it nicer later? I think I stopped
1: caring is what happened, and then I surrounded myself around just these like basically kids who lived um, in the resort with me who were traveled, whose parents had money, and they had seen the world. And so I sort of like kind of, because it was a weird, like my junior high, we went into the cafeteria and, Black kids sat on one end of the cafeteria, and the white kids sat on the other. And I was in shock. When I went to church for the first time, I was raised Catholic. We sat with my father, and it was all Fili- Filipino people around us. And we were like, oh, I guess there's not many white Catholics in in West Virginia. And then when we got out of the church, we realized that the church was built as an L, and all the white people sat on one side, and the Filipinos sat on the main side, because Filipinos are you know, Whoa. predominantly Catholic, yeah. right? And so we were like, oh, my gosh, like— so we, like, you know, quote, sat on the wrong side, yeah. which is so weird. I've never that didn't even, like, seen that before. To that was, like, that type of segregation. That's just so bizarre. We were, like, baffled by it. We talked about it for days. Did you go to a public school? I went to a public school in West Virginia.
0: And then you and then did you finish high
1: school there, too? So I, I did junior high. I started one year of high school. I went back to Canada for one year to, like, a French prep school, Michel Provo. Um, and then I went back to West Virginia again for another year. It was a really messy time for my so, parents' marriage. So,
0: so, um... Well, we don't need to get into that, but as far (laughs) as like your part, but it's like you were like, so you did like your freshman year in West Virginia, Uh then you did your sophomore back in Canada. Yes. Then you went back to back to west virginia for yes. like two years or whatever and then cute you went to college and, and then so?
1: went back to prep school which is sejep what we have in canada because we start um we started a, we have a year less of high school so sort of this all back and what forth
0: and that i mean we buried the lead of this whole episode it just gets <laughs> so in canada y'all stop after your junior year and then you get like a cute prep yeah, there's only five
1: five years of high school okay we have four booby no you guys have okay total you guys have six no junior, we don't junior high is three
0: who told you that? 7, oh, this 8, is like a 9, West Virginia 10, ass 11, thing, 12. You have 12 No, girl. Grades. It's nine, ten, eleven, twelve. It's 4. 9, 10, Freshman, 10, sophomore, junior, And senior. what about 7 and 8? That's like middle school or okay, junior high. fine. Junior
1: high, middle school, and high school together is 6 years.
0: So is ours, girl? 7th, 8th, 9th, 10th, No, tenth, I'm saying 11, American. Oh, yeah, yeah, It's 6 years. Okay. In
1: Canada, it's 5 years.
0: So you guys have like...
1: Everything, all ...kindergarten up through like... 11th grade kind- no kindergarten and then 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6 is your primary education K through 6 yeah K through 6 uh-huh. and then you have 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 but we call it secondary 1, 2, 3, 4,
0: 5 uh, okay. so you graduate that when you're 17 in
1: Canada yes mm-hmm. and then you start Up, which is sort of like a pre-college where you pick a major like economics or um, you go into the arts or peer and applied sciences uh, is that,
0: like, free, too? Because it's, like, Canadian and everything's, like... Well, I never, went to
1: a private college, which was Marianopolis, which is the really fancy one. And it was the most expensive and the hardest to get into in... in
0: but they loved it because you were, like, super smart. <laughs> and <had> <laughs> Um, did you get really, good grades? Were you good grades, maybe?
1: In West Virginia, I was like 99.9 GPA. And then Cute. in Canada, I wasn't that good because its education system is a lot, I think, stronger in Canada. Well, let's talk about that. These questions yeah. are
0: getting good. I like where this is going. So it's it's harder in Sorry, Canada. but I will say college in Canada
1: at up was, I think, less than $2,000 a semester at a private college that was the hardest to get into.
0: Um, so you feel like high school in Canada versus the U S like the education, like who, who gets a better one or is, who gets a better one? Oh my gosh. Canada by far. We Why? Have, in
1: terms of world history and like all of it, just your electives in general. Do you just think it makes like more well-rounded so much? You learn so much more about the world and there's less fear and you know about other cultures and, but it's also the people that you're surrounded with as well. And like all of your classmates, it's just, there's diversity I think, like, not to get into, like, big-picture public sphere stuff, but I think diversity is the biggest problem because when you don't have that, that's where fear breeds. Lack of diversity
0: is the biggest right. problem. Yeah. Right. Diversity is not the problem. The no, lack no, of no. It. Sorry. Yeah. Let's be clear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, and, and yeah, and, and just, yeah, because, well, you know, I always say, and we learn this in yoga, it's, like, um, all human – emotions come from one of two places. It's like love or fear. Yes. So I think, you know, when you're making these like fear-based decisions, I just think like the decisions are so much cloudier and murkier. I love though, that you've experienced the education system on both sides. I think that's like really, really interesting. Um, what was your experience of, did you travel a lot like within Canada? Like, would you guys go to like Vancouver? Would you go to like St. Simon or that St. Edward's, P- oh my P- Prince, Edward's well, Island?
1: Prince Edward Island is the best They um, all year, year round. I think they still do. They actually have lobster rolls at McDonald's. Oh, Um, and all the poor kids would have lobster sandwiches growing up and the rich kids would have like roast beef um Oh, because, like, lobster is more plentiful? Yeah. Have you heard of Anne of Green Gables? No. She's kind of a national treasure, and it's, like, the story of this girl who grew up in Prince Edward Island, and she's, like, an icon in this famous little blue house. Uh, but Pi e. is really special. Vancouver, I love. My sister lived there for a while, and I went to live with her for three or four months, and that was, like, it's the healthiest city I've ever been in. You have snow-capped mountains in the background, and then people are walking around in, like, miniskirts and shorts in the streets.
0: Oh, yeah, because it's, yeah, so it's just it's, like there's, like, a weather phenomenon that keeps it kind of mild there. Yeah. This one lady, when I put, when I said something about Justin Trudeau um, was like, yeah, he's cute and stuff, but like essentially like the man of like Canada, like how our, like, you know, the man, like Uncle Sam, just like that they like fucked all the Indigenous Canadians and like there's this whole like Canadian thing. And I was like, no. And then we did that to Pete. I just hate that. It's like, how can we get active and like, how can we be like, Is two white fucking guys are like, but seriously, it's like so fucked up. How can we support native people? It's so messed up. What do we even do? Specifically,
1: yeah, like Inuits and Metis. Um, It's a whole, it's a very awkward topic because for a a people who, you know, we consider ourselves so diverse and so open and welcoming, we have that part of our past, which are like uh, First Nations people, which were completely, you know, it was, it's genocide. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And we did it too. Yeah. We both did it. Yep. So rude of us. Yeah. I mean, but the Rude's not strong enough. I feel like you can't say that like right after genocide thing. Like it's fucked up mm-hmm. and I need to figure out how to like support them. I need to find like some gorgeous organizations because Justin Trudeau is cute and I do feel like he's a good leader in a lot of ways but this, a couple pe- Canadian people like went off on me in my DMs about that because I was like the... Like, about the, you br- being supportive of him and then... Well, because I was like the form of The Rock with the brain of Justin Trudeau and like a bunch of people were like, uh, we thought that part was cute but like really, like, like not everyone's like all great and perfect and I was like, oh my God, sorry I didn't know you weren't trying to say that he was so, that he was some right, idealized, he's like really perfect, smart. but he has a
1: lot of really amazing positive Great traits hair, as well. hair, beautiful
0: face. <laughs>
1: yeah, and a lot of other stuff as well. He was a teacher. Did you He know
0: was? That? Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. What else do you want? Um, does it hurt your feelings when people are like, you know, Canadians are like, awkward or, like, say a boot weird and stuff. Like, what do you think about, like... Plenty of people in the Midwest say a boot in the U.S. too, okay? So well, I like feel in, like in Well, like, in Canada,
1: kind of, but not really. I just... I don't know. I want people... I think people should travel, you know, while there's no there's, there's no wall up between Canada and the U.S. yet. Um,
0: you guys should build one to keep us out. <laughs> no, Away from our
1: like, natural resources. Yeah, because, like, I
0: really need to... I'm, like, about to head up there. I'm, like, getting scared. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure we have a lot of jerks, but, like...
1: I think that we're we're like a humble, kind people, and um we're just I don't know. Do you know about gun control in Canada? What do you got to do to get a gun? There? Oh my God! There's so many guns in this country; it's insane. It's, but what do you I know do about it's, Canada? It's really hard. I've never heard of anybody who had a gun. I mean, mind you, I was raised in a city, but it's definitely it's, it's, it's nothing like it is here. It's completely which also
0: goes to show that whole thing about like the open or borders. Because like if if gun control didn't work, then there would be a bigger gun problem in Canada because there is so much open borders, and right. there there would be like more. I feel like there would be bigger, worse shootings in Canada if 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 gun control didn't work but it's the mentality
1: know? too it's like we're also commonwealth of ke- the UK okay. yeah like you guys have your own independent but is the, the queen still your
0: lady uh, she your guys's lady yeah, I she mean is. she's done like your bill and she's stuff our money. yeah but like but you guys don't have to add, but you guys don't have to like ask the UK for
1: shit no it's more i think it's definitely more oh god i'm not the right person to talk about this cuz i'm going to be wrong but
0: i think it's definitely more should we google it on our way point? out
1: I think we should. Maybe okay, so we'll do this afternoon. Okay, we'll, Stan, we'll, we'll read up. Well, on no,
0: no, I'm just going to tell them right now. Whatever. Google it on your own time. Well, Anthony, I just love you. You know, it was snowy today. We had our Wednesday Pal around day. I feel like there was like probably some meteor gorgeous Canadian questions I could have asked, but I feel like we covered some gorgeous stuff. Yeah. Oh, also, when you said that thing about um, your friend who, or the, the not your friend that that case of the boy wanting to divorce his parents, I was like, come on, trust your parents. I meant, like, it would be weird if a kid was, like, wanting to make their parents get divorced. But if you're a kid and you need to divorce your parents because you are a danger girl, don't trust your parents. You know what I mean? I was just, like, clarifying I'm that. I'm sure it's
1: Googleable, but it was Hugh Downs and Barbara Walters 2020, which is, like, my favorite show. She's great. Oh, so good.
0: Um, well Anthony thank you so much for coming uh, you guys uh, also Anthony um, he really needs Instagram followers right now He's people are having a hard time finding him so you can find him at Anthony on Instagram and at Anthony on Twitter right yes cute well, he really needs followers you guys A-N-T-O-N-I definitely follow him mm-hmm, yeah if you didn't know how to sell it and then uh, also uh, the link to that will be on whatever device you're listening to this episode on um, you can follow me uh, at JVN on Instagram and Twitter um, and also Facebook Um our theme music is Freak by Quinn thank you to her so much for letting us use it and uh, do you, thank you guys so much for listening to Getting Curious also if you want to leave us a little review we love that story we love a hashtag Getting Curious moment on the Twitter with a gorgeous little reason why you love her um, also if you have any little topics you want me to cover I'm also into that um, but thank you guys so much for listening and your support means so much uh, to me and uh, no but really it really really does and um, and John I want to say thank me. you and I love you so much and I cherish all the time that we have
1: together and just sitting across this table in this like really nice meditative little room with you on a snowy New York day uh, just brings me a lot of joy. So oh my I'm, God. I'm really grateful that you brought me here.
0: I love you, Auntie. This is my last podcast recording as a 30-year-old because I'm going to oh, be 31. Like yeah. I'm running on my 30th year with You're you. You're still the baby of the Fab Five. Yeah, I'm a Babers. <laughs> Bye. Bye.